We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. And on today's episode, this will be the last you'll be hearing of my voice, this intro. Uh, I am on at least a one-week paternity leave. So today, the great Alex McDaniel and Caroline Darney are hosting the show, and they are taking on 10 things I hate about you. I gave them whatever they wanted. I said, you guys pick a movie and dive in, and dive in they did. Uh, it is a very enjoyable episode. Really loved hearing this for the first time, hearing this show brand new, just like everyone else. Uh, so I am, I'm grateful that Caroline and Alex took the time. Uh, great, great work by them. Um, I want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, of course, especially our producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zachary, Class Day Envire, Jason Alva, Stephen DeBoe, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dove, Andrew Teagle, Real Juan Balagoon, Jeff Esses, Anthony Scafone, and Taylor Logan. Biggest thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting the show. Looking forward to a great year here on Big Screen Sports and a great year for our Patreon group. We're going to do at least a monthly live watch every month that the Patreon is voting on and and deciding on that movie. They're picking at least one to two movies a month. Uh, So a lot of good stuff there. If you want to support the show and and have a say in what we cover and participate in those live watches, uh, go to patreon.com slash big screen sports. Um, and, and with that, I think we just kick it to to Caroline and Alex today. They're talking 10 things I hate about you. A lot to go over in this one. Two, I can't think of two more perfect people to cover this movie on the pod. So it's Caroline, Alex, 10 things I hate about you. I will probably be back next week, but I I don't know. Maybe Caroline and Alex just on the show now. Uh, let's kick it to them. 10 things I hate about you. All right. First of all, you're not Kyle. I'm not Kyle. Where is Kyle? I thought for a little bit about doing like, hi, I'm Kyle. <laughs> just do the whole thing throughout. Everyone just knows it's that it's me, Caroline, doing Kyle the whole time because Kyle's not here. He, he left us in charge. This is essentially like 
when your Bad parents idea. go out of town and they put money on the counter and like what is the Mulaney thing where he's got like basically there's a horse watching the dog yeah it's like <laughs> what is it here's money for pizza and here's the number for the doctor and you're a horse <laughs> and you're a horse <laughs> that's what happened here that's essentially um, yeah because the babysitter was just a little older than I was um <laughs> Now, Kyle, I don't know this as a fact, but I'm going to present it as a fact. Kyle is exhausted (laughs) because he and his lovely wife, Jacqueline, um, recently welcomed a new baby. And we can ooh and ah about that all we want because that's adorable and she's beautiful and it's wonderful. But if you're out there and you've had a newborn before and you've been responsible for it, you know what Kyle's going through right now. This baby's only been around a week. I mean, he's probably delusional. He's probably like <laughs> having hallucinations, clearly in no shape to run a podcast. So can't do that. Hallucinating. <laughs> you can't do can't. I mean, it would probably, <laughs> it would be more fun, probably. Yeah. He said for a while she was uh, only sleeping on humans. Um, and I feel like that would make things more difficult if this sweet yes. bebe would only sleep on another living human, because that means you can't do other things. They're demanding, babies are, but that's not why we're here today, Caroline. By the way, Caroline Darney, uh, editor of Bet for the Win and the pop culture editor for the Win. How you doing? I'm good. I miss you. That's good. So, yeah, Look that at, was excellent. Who are you? Who am I talking um, to? Who, you know, who are any of us really? <laughs> uh, I'm Alex McDaniel, uh, managing editor for the Win. I know it's been a minute since I've been. What was the last thing? Was it the thing you do? Was it when we all jumped on? Uh, might have been. For that, so um, and I take a lot of breaks from this show, <laughs> not because not because I don't like it. It's just life gets hectic. So this is like my seventh triumphant return. Um, well, to... I know I'm excited to have you back. We did. Uh, I was stuck with like nanny a bunch and stuff. You know. Ew. Like, ew. Yeah. We guy? did. We did Princess Bride, which was super fun. Oh, that is fun. Um, and we did a few other. Not too many holiday. Well, we did a couple. Well, did we do? I honestly, New Year, New Me. I don't remember anything I did in 2023. That's probably for the best. I don't want to remember anything about that year. It's 2024. <laughs> We're looking toward the future. Um, but you can't look toward the future unless you take a look at your past. And today we are going yes. 25 years back Stop. to the year nine. Yes, 1999. Lots of blockbuster movies that year, but today we were focusing on. A classic. If you are a millennial and you were, you know, either a preteen or a teenager in 1999 and you didn't see this movie, like you were living under a rock. Caroline, tell the people what movie we're talking about. We're going to talk about the Shakespeare adaptation of Taming of the Shrew, (laughs) 10 Things I Hate About You, starring the oh-so-charming Julia Stiles. She looks like a youth in this movie. Um, I mean, she was. I mean, she was. Um, And the wonderful Heath Ledger, which we we talked a little bit before we started recording about, like, how it's tough. It's tough to watch Heath Ledger stuff following his death and knowing, like, he just, oh, he was just so incredible on the screen. So, like, their chemistry, that's one of the things we can talk about, too. It's just, like, but the chemistry the two of them have in this movie is fantastic. And it's something that I had the soundtrack to this movie the yeah one of the things that come like i have seen this movie a billion times i watched it today um and one of the things that always immediately comes back for me in these movies with this time frame of like 
Dawson's Creek, which gets a reference in this movie. Yep. Um, Dawson's Creek, the OC, like I would go to the store and I would get the like CDs that they'd release of where it's like Dawson's Creek volume one. And it's like, you know, whatever mishmash of Paula Cole and whatever else is like on this CD. And I ha- I vividly remember having this one and it's got all the like, what is it? It has like UB40 on it and yeah and save ferris makes uh, yes for those of us who went through a ska (laughs) phase okay let me let me ask this all right (laughs) let's say it's a saturday morning in 1999 all right i'm not gonna reveal our ages on this show but let's just say (laughs) we were pretty young in 1999 now of course i grew up in a small town so like the only place i was able to buy anything was walmart i don't know what that was for you did you have target like did did uh we this would have been uh we were getting stuff at um the base exchange the oh yeah okay you're yeah you've had a whole life so (laughs) it's 1999 first of all you're getting ready for a date like maybe you're gonna go buy an album whatever what are you wearing what are we putting on on a typical saturday in 1999 because i'll tell you what i was wearing um it's like a baby tee (laughs) wide leg jeans maybe one of those like stretchy like I don't want to say tattoo necklaces, but you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The, the choker. Um, I had a couple like beaded necklaces that had like little like beaded flowers. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I was going a little crazy, I wear the puka shells. You know, I was about to say the puka shells. If depending if, on the time, if of I, yeah. If I thought I was going to see, um, Chandler or Justin, we might have put on the the puka shells like my. Um, probably in Germany, so I uh, I would have had like sambas, like black sambas, like wow, or I had a pretty solid Doc Martin collection at that point. Oh yeah, Docs were big at that point. I yeah. let's see, I would have definitely been in like a spaghetti strap top, but the spaghetti strap would be like half an inch wide because yeah. we don't want to make God mad <laughs> by showing too like, much shoulder. Do you have one of the one of the ones that like fifty cent wore? <laughs> you basically, yeah. <laughs> And it was probably like from Old Navy. So it probably had like an American flag on it and like <laughs> yes. shorts really tall, which these are back in now, like the platform, not like espadrilles, but like the just thick ass platform yes. sandals, butterfly clips in my hair. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, vanilla frosting lip smackers on my yes. lips because yes. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup back then. I was Same. 13 then. Couldn't wear it, but I had Same. the vanilla icing or fr- oh I don't my know God. what it's called. Yes. It yes. smelled amazing. And oh, and like some type of glitter gel. Just all <laughs> my mom would have outlawed the glitter gel in the house because it just was too it was too messy. No glitter gel for your girl, which was Listening fair. Listening to think. like NSYNC's debut album. Oh my god. What a time. Britney's. Night was crazy. Like 99 slapped. Like what I I you know, I don't know how <laughs> everyone feels about their own like generation time growing up. I do frequently feel very lucky to have been on that like weird cusp of the internet yeah where like yeah where we experienced the like you're going to again it was a little different for us like living overseas like there wasn't like a huge like really a huge mall the neck the like base exchange at ramstein is like really nice and stuff but so you'd go like meet your friends there like our street like had a bunch of american kids that we went to school and stuff so we all like go hang out in the Aldi parking lot, like ride our bikes, like a bunch of dorks. Um, But like, you didn't have cell phones. Like, 
it was just a very thank god we didn't have a bunch of cameras because all the those pictures would have been just a mess we had disposable uh, cameras disposable cameras um we had I rollerbladed aim. so much that summer was oh. aim really i don't think i had aim until i got back to the states but maybe i'm mixing it was big up. over here then yeah, uh, because it was... it was like AIM and before we all switched to like MSN Messenger because we got a little oh, older. Well, maybe we were, like, anyway, that was yeah, it was version. this felt like we'll talk about it in depth, I'm sure later, but like it was a a moment when yeah. homegirl rolls up in that prom dress, the pink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I vividly remember that as a child, as like as, as a teen and definitely not being allowed to wear like anything that showed like my midriff to like prom but like i just when that came when she came out and that was like oh my god this is this is taking me back like 99 everyone's kind of worried about y2k you know just like (laughs) overall sense of dread yeah like will your computer start (laughs) i feel like our parents were doing all the worrying about it and (laughs) we were just like whatever but i do so i'm not gonna go as far as to say like this movie was part of like my sexual awakening or anything mm. as a teenager. It is the first time though that, cause up to this point, you know, it had been a lot of boy bands and stuff for us yeah. in the nineties growing up. And so I was like, I like Justin Timberlake and I like the Hanson brothers and I like, he's very like, oh, musical, yeah. very, just like you, whatever. And before I saw 10 things I hate about you, I didn't find anything about Heath Ledger interesting and then you see the movie and I'm like, I don't know what I feel right now. I just want to be on him. Yeah. Not and like it was, a, uh, I don't mean that in like a terrible way. I mean, I was 13, but you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, I would kiss that boy. I would kiss yes. him so hard. Like, he's very cute. And uh, it was, the movie went pretty against a lot of the trends. And when I'm talking like, especially, I will say just for this, hair fashion for men. There were not yeah. a single spiky blonde in the movie, yeah. which is like. I was like, well, that's the only thing that betrays the time period in my in my opinion. Unless that was just something that was happening like on military bases in Germany because everybody had the center part blonde or frosted tips. Yeah. Like no, everyone. No, that was happening over here too. Yeah. It was definitely um, happening in Marion, Arkansas, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Marion, Arkansas and its sister city, Ramstein, Germany. The epicenter of culture. <laughs> but I do think there's so much to this movie that went over my head when I was 13 or 14, whatever. Yeah. Um, Cause there's a lot of like a lot of sexual innuendo or some straight up like sexual stuff. That's like, hilarious. Yeah. Like, you know, you look at Alice and Janney who I forgot. I don't think I ever realized that was Alice and Janney as Miss Perky. Um, oh yeah. And like, she's writing <laughs> like a romance novel. Um, which at the time I feel like wasn't now like romance novels are having like a whole moment, which is kind of fun for everybody. Um, but they're definitely hitting a younger crowd now for sure. Yeah, It felt much more like, yeah, that's probably what it is. Like taboo slash for like older women. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I think that it holds up relatively well. Yeah. There are some parts generally, and we'll get into it. We, we have to go through this, Goddamn run sheet, Kyle. <laughs> we might just throw the run sheet out. I don't know. We'll decide. There are some parts that made me cringe. Yeah, and it's not absolutely. so much about, it's not so much like, we ta- we've talked about this a lot before. It's not like, oh, how dare this, this movie? It's more of like, I cringe because I'm like, we very much accepted things like that at the time. Uh-huh. 
that's the cringe worthy part. It's not, oh my God, how could they? I understand why they could, because that was the culture and that was, yeah. you know, just some like things that are uncomfortable in there. But I think as far as like the overall, just like rom-com and sorry, we're busting out before rom-com month, but this was an emergency situation. Um, <laughs> I think it's a solid rom-com, but so rarely did we get rom-coms for teenagers that either weren't totally sappy, like, mm-hmm. I don't know why a Cinderella story just popped into my head or yes. so raunchy. That was also, wasn't 99 the year American Pie came out or maybe it was 98. I but think like, it's close. Yeah. So you had the, these two sides. It was either sickly sweet and it was like, nobody wants to do that. Or you had American Pie that you weren't allowed to watch. And if you did watch it, good God, if you were a preteen, you were so overwhelmed. This really hit a good, yeah. like, just something in the middle that said, okay, you know, you're a teenager. You should be having conversations about sex, but it didn't go over the line. But at the same time, it still has all the sweetness to it mm-hmm. as well. So I yeah. like that. And I think it's, I um, like it. It's a fun, I guess we'll we'll tie in the Hall of Fame starter. I always get these in the wrong order and he laughs at me, but you know, the rankings. Um, where does it stand rom-com for you? And where does it stand Shakespeare adaptation? Because I feel like that's another category that is super fun yep. for stuff like this. Um, and I think it's a Hall of Fame adaptation and I'll probably make it a starter for a rom-com. Yes, I do. Should we get into that? I guess we should. We should do the, like, we should do the Kyle version of it. Okay, first question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's Hall of Fame, All-Star, Starter, or Bench Warmer. Okay. We'll start with with rom-com. So where does it stand with you for rom-com? I'll say All-Star. I meant to put it in the second. I don't know if it's necessary. Well, it might be Hall of Fame. It's really good. It's fun. I don't it's, think like here's the thing. I think it is a rom com. When I think of rom coms, I don't really think of it, and I think it's because it's dealing with teenagers. And for same, me, I'm yeah, like, it's yeah. just my brain. Like when I think rom coms, I'm like young adult living in this. You know, you're yeah. grown, you got all that. But that's just my brain. That's not saying I'm not making a declaration. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. I think I would say all star that has like a really good career for like a long time. Yeah, like you know, makes a couple people's ballots for Hall of Fame, and is like in the discussion, but doesn't ever like cross into getting into the Hall of Fame because it's it's a solid flick. I agree with that. Okay, so all of that again, I'm not saying it all again. Uh, Shakespeare adaptation, Uh, Hall of Fame. I think, I think it's it's up there. Um, What's your reasoning? Because it does the fun. It's all about for me when you do adaptations and is the the hints of it is like yeah it has to be enough that you recognize what they're trying to what material they're trying to adapt from but it can't be so like one for one that it's so my favorite is probably she's the man I was about to say she's the man. I shit you not. It's so good. That movie, I was going to say she's the man in this one. The best. The movie is art. Like it's, it's fantastic. It's incredible. Um, and that does just enough, know. Like, the names. And this one, his name is Patrick Verona. And you've got yeah. like the Shakespeare stuff at the end with like the, the dorky friend that's like helping. So like, there's enough that if, you know, you're, it's not like Romeo plus Juliet, which I think is another, like, I don't know if those <laughs> count as adaptations. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know where the like line really is. Like, technically. Well, they are. It's just, yeah. these are more, these aren't like, 
direct, but you know, they're using the same names. They've got it's like, like clueless do it's Patton. like clueless for a, a Jane Austen adaptation that also yeah. are like perfect. And so I will say I so I did see um anyone but you in theaters lat whatever before Christmas when it came out. Um and my beef with the way that they marketed the movie is that they did not mention like at all in the marketing that it's an adaptation of um much ado about nothing and so it's that's one of the things where i'm like if you're going to do an adaptation like make that part of the thing like because that i think that's fun i think that brings an extra layer to rom-coms to like modernize a shakespearean tale because like i think the shakespeare <laughs> now i'm into like i think shakespeare holds up pretty good, yeah, good. <laughs> this just Yo. became an npr podcast yeah well billy that shakespeare. was caroline darney <laughs> with her take on william shakespeare well billy shakespeare um, for lfo um billy shakes <laughs> has a whole bunch of hits man had a whole bunch he wrote a whole bunch of sonnets there you go um but yeah, yeah. i think that there's a fun you know lion king technically is a an adaptation yeah. I, mean, I think this one and and she's the man are the two best obviously west side story i say obviously as if i didn't watch like 45 minutes of west side story and then be like oh shit this is romeo and juliet <laughs> oh yeah but i mean that's such a i mean that's the thing about shakespeare though it's it's such a foundational fundamental form of storytelling mm -hmm. that we fall back on all the time like that's the thing a lot of things are technically Shakespeare adaptations but they would never claim that and yeah. they're not making that part of it it's just kind of the fundamentals of it and I think um and this isn't an original thought a lot of people have said this what impresses me about 10 things I hate about you is like Taming of the Shrew is like a really for me anyway it's just kind of blah like all right yeah. fine yeah what a story but it's also like obviously again talking about the times it's like super sexist yeah i was like i mean like, they literally in the title are calling this woman a shrew like i they're think calling this woman a shrew <laughs> yeah and so i think they you know with something like romeo and juliet what a classic story you could go in a million directions with that it's hard to do that with the taming of the shrew and so i yeah. think they modernized it in a way that didn't feel out of place and it didn't feel like they were reaching too hard. And it's like, a, a if you didn't know, it's just like you said, if they hadn't made it a point to match the names up or have the little references or the I burn, I pine, I perish part, things like that, yeah. it would just be another teen rom-com and you wouldn't right. even think about it. And it's still enjoyable. Um, speaking of adaptations, did do you, have you ever seen Strange Brew? Is that the one with Jake Johnson? No, it's okay. like an 80s. I think it's an, an 80s movie. Oh, um, we watched it in Latin class in high school. Um, cool. Basically, Very just because cool. like he, he needed a um, it's Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Oh, okay. And they SCTV? like, yeah, they in their quest for free beer, bumbling Canadian brothers Bob and Doug McKenzie wind up working at the Elsinore Brewery. Man, and I'm gonna get so a, much hate for not knowing that. It's a Hamlet, but it's excellent. It's I actually don't think you'll get a ton of hate. I feel like it's very, very like the only time I have really heard about this or discussed it is be have is having seen it in that class. Like it's not something where people yeah. constantly have been like, oh, like Strange Brew, uh, but very funny. Um, yeah. So anyway, if folks listening haven't seen it, highly recommend. I don't know where you could find <laughs> it. It's probably there's only probably like two copies on like VHS that so you have to like find the owner of and share with them. Um, but but yeah. Anyway, that's the. Okay, IMDb trivia. 
I didn't go as deep as I normally do on these movies because I just ran out of time. I have like a (laughs) few. Um, One thing was two people who were considered for Heath Ledger's role, Josh Hartnett and Ashton Kutcher. Do you know the crush that I had on Josh Hartnett in 1999? Who didn't? I mean, you're not original. <laughs> I know, true. <laughs> so true. I he the pictures of him from Teen Beat were definitely like Teen in Beat. my locker. Like, <laughs> man, I mean, Pearl Harbor kind of, yeah, yeah. It was, he's he's special. Ashton Kutcher would have made this a much sillier movie. Not that it isn't kind of inherently silly on its own, but like, yeah, yeah he's not brooding enough. I think you could get away with it with with josh hartnett but i don't think you can do it with with ashton kutcher i don't know and kate hudson was considered for julia styles role and do you know what stopped that goldie hawn she didn't like it she didn't like the movie really yep Damn but that's it, okay that's fine we got julia styles kate has had a decent career yeah, <laughs> like, she's, done, been, she's done all right it's been okay um that's what, interesting did you pull anything um well this is just fun fact trivia um i've been once to that school because it's outside seattle yeah Mm -hmm. um absolutely ridiculous place obviously and it just reminded me i don't know i'm trying to really last my one i don't keep track of like how often or when what with what frequency i watch like rom-coms from the 90s but um I haven't watched it in a long time. Anyway, it just reminded me how beautiful that area is. Not to be like super cheesy about it, but no, but it the is the views and like all the yeah, it's just absolutely gorgeous. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, because they didn't use oh, they didn't um use any sets. Like they shot yeah. all of everything everywhere, like at the spot. And I absolutely die every time at the last scene last shot whatever with the band on the roof you know how long would that have taken forever to get them up like get all that stuff up there and then just take after take after take and (laughs) i can't even imagine i just and this is also another example not that this stopped i mean i'm i don't watch a lot of movies these days with high, high schools but like i just feel like in the 90s high schools and movies were ridiculous now again absurd I went to high school in Marion, Arkansas. There were like 200 people in my graduating class and that was considered big. So, but I remember like, she's all that and all this. And like, yeah. what always killed me in these movies is when the high schools would be two stories. When you had to go upstairs to get to a class, that was crazy to me. I was like, what, where are you going? What's we up had there? Up, we had upstairs at our, in Germany. Did we have it in, I don't think we did in Virginia. I think we did in Germany. Um, I mean, my son has stairs in his elementary school. So like things have changed. Things, have changed. <laughs> yeah. things are multi-leveled now. You know, um, but it's insane. And they would always have like big swim teams and like the marching band was always practicing with the other oh. teams. That's what I love is that everybody just shares a field <laughs> after school. at the same time. Do you know how like when in reality, the sports teams are so territorial, like the when yeah. we played soccer and lacrosse and in, in the, especially in um, Virginia, like the football coach like refused to let us practice on specific fields so that we didn't ruin their yeah. field type thing. You're like, okay, oh, well always. now here they just have them like all the same. And there's always like way too much going on. Um, yeah. Like the, especially when I always, I love a high school familiarization scene. Um, yeah. 
where it's like there's so and so that's this group like you know <laughs> it's, it always hits for me like it's like you said she's all like I feel like there's some of that and she's all that there's this movie um Clueless has that um yeah and again Clueless is another one of the like these are just like wild chaotic like high schools <laughs> I'm like everyone needs to chill like a yeah. lot like take it down like several notches um one of what's with this oh uh, I always love this fun fact because it's hilarious um the da- table dance that she does is what got her the role in save the last dance incredible <laughs> incredible I mean Julia Stiles dancing could watch it all day long and she just like pretty much everything she's in it's amazing to watch her did you ever see down to you it was with her freddie prince jr a classic yes. as well but it didn't get a lot of there's like a whole scene where she's dancing to an al green song i believe and you know go white girl go what can i say <laughs> it's it's fine we love her you know what i just realized what we some, we sometimes have people who listen to these podcasts and they haven't watched the movies. We have not given like a plot summary, really. We've just been talking. Oh, yeah, we just like go straight in. So, well, let's do that now. <laughs> here's what I'm gonna do. I am gonna encourage Kyle after this to do one, but let's give you hours with no rehearsal. Here we go. Okay, so there are these two sisters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bianca, the Stratford sisters. The Stratford sisters. Bianca is the younger sister. Kat is the older sister. They are raised by their father, who is an obstetrician. Um, their mother took off, left. I don't think we ever get the backstory on that, do we? Nope. She, was, she, she just she gone. up and gone. Left her pearls, went out of town. They're both, both sisters are, and Bianca is played by Alex Mack, Larissa Olenek. Olenek, yeah. Olenek. Um, and the older sister, Bianca, is played, or Kat, is played by Julia Stiles. Okay. So Bianca, like they're both in high school. Bianca is like coming into her own. She's into boys, specifically Andrew Keegan, who back then was like, Sorry. and we'll get into that in a minute about whether he's actually hot or if he was just 90. Talking like, about Tiger hot. Beat. I know. <laughs> um, she wants to date him, but the their dad, very overprotective dad, won't let them date. Kat has a reputation and I'm not saying this, Allison Janney said this for being a heinous bitch. <laughs> and <laughs> she's very combative. She's very defensive. She's got her guard up all the time. She does not want to date. She sees men as beneath her. She's got her eyes on her future going to Sarah Lawrence <laughs> while her dad wants her to stay and be a husky. So you have these two sisters. They clearly don't get along. And their dad ridiculously makes a deal that if the older sister, Kat, dates then the younger sister bianca can be allowed to date too and she could be with andrew keegan so there's part of your plot we're doing great we're doing Uh, great (laughs) and then the other part of this we have a very young joseph gordon levitt who's new to this high school he has seen bianca alex mack we just call her alex mack from this point and one time he's seen her one time seen her once and he knows she's the one um finds out about the deal can't date whatever so he and his friend, uh, Bernard the Elf from Santa Claus, because yes. <laughs> I don't know names, but that's him. They come up with a plan to set up Cat Julia Stiles, with someone so Joseph Gordon-Levitt can get with Bianca. Mm. And this plan centers around Heath Ledger, resident bad boy of the school. He's mm-hmm. one of those, like, lots of rumors have been told about him. He doesn't have a liver. He ate a duck. Everything but the beak, right? Yeah. Yep. Something. 
We don't know it's true. The man, the myth, the legend. That he was in prison yada, yada, yada. the year before this because no one saw him. Yes. So the long and short of it is, because God knows this has been long, um, <laughs> Heath Ledger agrees in exchange for money to woo Cat Julia Stiles, um, to date him and to make her believe that he's really into her and to essentially tame the shrew. Isn't that just That's lovely and empowering? Such- a pretty but the the fun twist is um joseph gordon levitt want they trick andrew keegan into paying for this yes because he wants to sleep with bianca with alex mack and so yeah. he thinks that this is all happening and so that he can date her but yeah. joseph gordon levitt and bernard the elf have a plan to <laughs> we're so good at this they like swoop in and he will be able to take her to prom and like date her or whatever this thing i realize goes on the entire school year yes because he's a new student or is it like or unless he like comes in spring semester or something that's what i was thinking it was spring because like why would she know she needs a french tutor remember like the first day he's like she needs a tutor french French tutor yeah you know so is there no vetting process at the school for tutors like no He's like, I'll do it. And he's like, do you know French? He's like, no. So like, They don't great. even have money. They don't have money for multiple sports fields. How are they <laughs> going to? Like the band has to practice on the same field as the lacrosse team and the football team and everybody else. Of course, there's no betting system also, for tutors. Also, Gabrielle Union is in this movie. She is. And she's fantastic. She's it's wonderful. a wonderful, wonderful cast. I mean, even yeah. Allison Janney, who doesn't get a lot of airtime. This was like right before she really, really got big with West Wing. But... She has this incredible scene as the guidance counselor who's writing romance novels in the background yeah. using Look, words like engorged. She's looking for, uh, you know, synonyms for pulsating member. Um, quivering member. Quivering. Why uh, is just... it quivering? <laughs> this is just... Not sure it's supposed to do that. Um... <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> I got a text from Kyle. He has been mostly hands-off on this, uh, but he... Wanted us to point out that Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and David Crumholtz all went on to star in Christopher Nolan movies. Um, so he's he can only assume that Christopher Nolan is a fan of this movie, which I, you know, would assume Who that isn't? that's accurate. Who isn't? That actually um, did remind me, though, we need to take an ad break and then we can get back in and actually do these categories. Here is your ad. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
we're back. <laughs> Kyle's never going to have us on again. Okay. We've got to get into the categories. So the first one, like the real one is three up. Are we still calling it three up or have I? It's what yeah, worked. I think so. What worked? Yeah, three okay. th- like what, what worked? Yeah. Let's just do what worked. Um, okay. I think the balance of the adaptation, like you said, it's, it's a perfect mix of like, like we joked about the Stratford thing and his last name is Verona. Padua is the school. Like there's a lot of these little like nods to Shakespeare and, and the play. And there's a few lines that, cruel to be kind i think is like a reference to there's all sorts of these you know like little bits throughout but even if you don't understand taming of the shrew or don't know the story or don't you don't lose anything like you don't and that's yeah. such a fun um like again i mentioned like i'm a huge like i'm a late 30s woman of course i love jane austen um <laughs> but like clueless is another one that did such a fantastic job of that like if you are familiar with emma then you understand that all of these things like the references and the different storylines and et cetera et cetera um but doing this modern twist and i don't think that we get enough of that type of story i don't know this could go into a whole we don't get enough movies like this anymore um and i think part of it too is like you said either something's like hallmark or like too raunchy which there's always stuff where i love raunchy like there's always a time for a raunchy movie um but sometimes you just gotta have like a good rom-com or something like that again and i I think that's where we're we have enough charming people out there like let's make some charming movies um so i think like when we talk about the teen rom-com and the reason i brought up like the sickly sweet versus raunchy earlier is because especially like for those of us who weren't full-fledged teenagers like like I said I was 13 about to turn I was just I was 12 13 that year okay yeah we you know everybody's parents are different my parents sort of gave me the talk but not really like my, my mom sort of gave me the talk but not really yeah everything that we thought we knew or felt or believed about relationships about the role that sex would play in our lives a lot of that came from our exposure to movies and mtv and shows and stuff like that that's why i say like yeah (laughs) exactly and that's why i'm like when you're that age everything might seem a little scary you're just like i hope the boys love these butterfly clips like you know you're not thinking am i gonna lose my virginity one day um and that's why i say like i saw american pyre on the same time and i was so overwhelmed by it it was just like that's too much i don't understand that's yeah. it's a lot of pressure it's a lot of sex it's a great movie now like i look back <laughs> on it as an adult haha with all this wisdom i have and you know i have a child so presumably i've had sex before <laughs> like, <laughs> you know well, once you not get so over fast, my friend <laughs> <laughs> you get over the hurdle like <laughs> mary enters it's like actually yeah, immaculate actually. conception um <laughs> and that's why i say when you're at that kind of tender age I think the sweet spot is a movie where it can be rom-commy, but it's also kind of giving you real insight into like, you know, people who are okay with their bodies and like expressing themselves sexually. And it just addresses a lot of that in a way that I think was really realistic and not too much, but not like, do you want to go get an ice cream cone? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like oh that. Oh my God, our <laughs> hands brushed. Um <laughs> A Cinderella story is such... I cannot stop thinking about that movie now. Waiting for you is like waiting for the rain. Um, oh, my God. 
love that movie. Not hating Hilary Duff if you listen to this podcast. (laughs) I will watch just about any bad Cinderella adaptation. Like there was, wasn't there one with Selena Gomez a few years ago? Um, Especially, was Jennifer Coolidge the stepmom in Cinderella Story? Yeah. Perfect. No, no. Um, I think this cast, (laughs) the cray roll, (laughs) this cast is incredible. Um, everything from like we said, Alice and Janney. I think the dad is so well played. Now don't get upset, Daddy, but there's this boy who's a flaming imbecile. Please, and I think he might ask me. Please, I think I know what he's going to ask you, and I think I know the answer. No, it's always no. What are the two house rules? Number one, no dating till you graduate. Number two, no dating till you graduate. I remember, and I don't even know if at like 13 14 i was fully aware of like what he meant by up to my elbows and placentas like, yeah like but i remember that line vividly um so the dad was such a great like gruff um i remember laughing at the at the end when julia styles is like oh she went to meet some bikers like big guys full of sperm <laughs> like just so Amazing. like edgy and all this stuff um the English teacher was hilarious. Um, yes. And then all of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think, is just so endearing. Um, yeah. He was the one that I had a crush on. Like, Heath Ledger was, again, the only thing that made him, like, a bad boy is that he wore black and he had an accent. Like, and he had the and longer hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And he smoked cigarettes. Yeah. Ooh, and Cool. <laughs> But like I Joseph Gordon Levitt was exactly the kind like my speed of of guy <laughs> like when I was 14. Oh I was yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was like sensitive, but yeah. he was still cute. It was yeah. I mean, that was definitely some the sleaze, of... like Andrew, what's his name? Um, Ugh, Andrew Keegan. Keegan. Who's also didn't didn't he play like Stephanie's boyfriend in Full House or was it DJ's? That sounds. Or am I thinking of someone? To- I might be thinking of something totally different. The nineties are a blur to me now, and it's really sad. No, he was I in Full know. House. Okay, Stephanie's boyfriend. Okay, yeah. Oh my see? god, that hair was just the hair never did it for hair. me. Um, he was in House for a few episodes. We should have gotten Andrew Keegan on the show. What's he? <laughs> Welcome doing to the podcast. Caroline's just googling Andrew Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, a note for you when you edit this. Just start it here. <laughs> the other stuff doesn't matter. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just overall the cast I think works really. Um, Julia Styles had that perfect like snarky teen thing that was like yes, just disrespectful enough that you're like edgy and you don't let people push you around, but also like not a bitch you know what i mean like they try and call her that throughout the movie and like i i think the bit about getting sent to the teacher's office is hilarious or like the guidance counselor yeah. is hilarious but she obviously wasn't like doing bad things in class <laughs> like yeah well i mean i think and these are the moments where i cringe because like it shows you kind of the conditioning of the culture at the time and even now i don't want to say that's gone you just don't see it in movies as much where if you were a woman in high school with an attitude than you were a bitch yeah that that's what you were called and I very much identified with her character not because like I got along with most people in high school I just kind of floated from different groups because like you know I was like with the nerds and the academics but I was also the band geek and the drama person and 
I, I didn't have a group, but I was okay with that. But at the same time, I remember just being very severe because of my own insecurities, I think. And I, yeah. you just, you have to decide how you're going to be. And I just wanted to be so like kind of above the expectation of what girls would be. So I'm like, oh, I, I would never date, which truth be told, I wasn't allowed. And also no one would want to date me back then. So this wasn't like I was fighting off the boys. Um, and, you know, and they, they always like get their reputation. But one of those brilliant moments, I think for 99, because you didn't really see this as much, is when the English teacher is like, all right, Miss White Privilege, essentially, <laughs> like I'm sure, because to be, to truly be that age and to be so disillusioned with like, everything not to say that her concerns weren't valid but also like we all need those reality checks when we're younger like okay well it's a privilege to be that annoyed by things all the time because you're not facing problems yeah she was like how about we get some books by women in here and he's like sure as soon as we get a single like black author on our syllabus yes (laughs) and then the two jamaican kids or fake like fake jamaicans are like yeah he's like don't even no don't even i know um no thought it was I really liked that moment. Yeah. In general. No, I'm with you. I was the same. Like, I played sports and got good grades and had friends across different, like, yeah, group. That's why I was, I never found, well, and it's all very, there were definitely cliques, obviously, but I never found it as, like, stereotypically cliquish as, like, clueless in this, like, make it out to be worse. Sure. Like, the future MBA club that was the first time I realized what that was. Boogie Lowenstein. Um, <laughs> and I just could not. It must be Nigel with the Brie. <laughs> it must be Nigel with the Brie. One of the best lines. Now remember, guys, don't touch anything. <laughs> oh, what did I tell you? <laughs> oh, it must be Nigel with the Brie. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the things that's honestly, I think, like, permeated, or I don't know if permeate is the right word, but, like, persevered through the years with this movie is there's still people that will, like, I've heard that in the last, like, six months of someone jokingly saying, that must be Nigel with the Brie. And that's an age thing. Like, that's an art group thing. Um, Yeah. But it's just, it's a clever movie. I think that's part of it, too, is, like, it's, it's, it's got some very funny parts for something that's supposed to be like a teen rom-com. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's enjoyable. No, when he's asking it's... her to pick out which picture she likes better and they all look the same. <laughs> I know. And I do love like, you know, so actually that's a good point, even though I'm going to skip some of these categories because we're just flowing at this point. We do what we want. I'm not doing all these because we've kind of covered them. Okay. Let's get into best scene. Let's do it. Because I, I feel like we, we should do... I know Kyle normally goes through like the list of scenes. We're not going to do that. <laughs> like, we can, not doing that. We are now, this podcast is now based on the assumption that if you have not seen this movie, you are just along for the ride. <laughs> and if you have, <laughs> if you haven't turned welcome, it off yet, <laughs> or else we are going to be here until like 11 and I have a kid to help with math homework. So we're going to get into best scene um, for you, Caroline. I mean, I, I feel like we're going to have the same answer, but <laughs> for me, it's the singing. It. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You'd be like heaven to touch. I wanna hold you so much. At long last, love has arrived. And I thank God I'm alive. 
You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Well, and this is the whole thing. Like, it, it, God, he this this is Heath Ledger's first like American movie. And Vance, yes. he like this the duo of this and Knight's Tale had such a huge impact on my life. I'm just gonna throw yes. that out there. Um, Shout out Paul Bettany's ass. <laughs> Bettany Hive. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere like Paul Bettany's going to find out that like every week we find a way to talk about him on this podcast. And he's like, wow. Well, he and Hillary Duff are going to get together. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to be like, oh my God, they love us guys. Um, but it's such a like, he does such a great job of that. Not actually scary turning into the nice guy and so you're like oh what kind of jerk would like take money to date someone like whatever it's the she's all that premise there's always gotta be some sort of conflict with a rom-com well, which, yeah. I, which i would love to have a whole discussion about that someday i'm not saying we do it now but just like the idea like we talked about previous rom-com months where um you know we just i just rewatched while you were sleeping with my sister and my mom over holiday break like there's the whole setup like where you're like deceiving somebody it's the same way and you've got mail it's the same way and like even anyone but yeah. you there's all these things where you're like deceiving people you've got to have this thing and so but it's so sweet when like he's using the money to do nice things for her and not just yeah. like pocketing things and like you know he counts it all out as like oh it's going to take cost this much to go to the movies and blah 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 but he gives whatever 300 bucks it is to the guy in the band to get access to the mic room and have the band back him up which i think is the cool and can't take my eyes off of you frankie valley and he does the whole like big it's the big romantic gesture to like get back on her good side because this was after he wouldn't kiss her in the car when she was super drunk right yes which again we love a we love a gentleman um yeah I mean, you know, again, it's like the 99 version of a gentleman where it's like, I've, it's just like how to lose guy in 10 days. I've spent this whole time lying to you. But that, to be yeah. fair, at least with that, they were mutually lying to each other. Yeah. Again, so, you know, ooh, that movie makes me so mad at the end. Why are you mad at each other? I, I just think with rom-coms, like obviously every good story, it just every just fundamental to storytelling. You have to have a conflict. That's the yeah. only way you can build, um, effectively build a story. And that can take a lot of forms. It's just the easiest out to make the conflict that one of them is keeping a secret because it's the easiest way to make them fight and or break up. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and when I think about everyone, it's always got, there's always got to be a secret or, or a part of them that they had been suppressing the whole time that suddenly comes out like fever pitch when he skips the game to go on the date. And then suddenly he's like, you know, this was supposed to be the best night of my life or whatever. And he had just spent this room. You know, there's always gonna be something that makes them fight. So like, I get it. But yeah, the singing, very um, Astaire inspired. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Tom Holland, the beginning of Tom Holland's yes. thing on Lip Sync Battle, you know? Of course. <laughs> um, Naturally, yes. I also have extraordinarily, I don't love the getting him out of detention scene that makes me uncomfortable. Um, when she flashes the soccer coach, yeah. it makes me yes. uncomfortable. Um maybe uncomfortable then too so that's good continuity yeah continuity. um it, but i have a vivid and maybe it's because it's fascinating new thing fnt semisonic 
in semi-sonic was i will tell you what your girl loved some semi-sonic i saw semi-sonic play at the 9 30 club when i was like 16 yeah, years did. old <laughs> like <laughs> could i be any cooler no um but when they're playing that like paint ball whatever water yeah. balloon thing that is like a core memory for me <laughs> so I, I, yeah. I have to put that in here because it's just this like the music when the the music drops and they like have that moment they fall on the the hay and it's like that's the like you know teenage like oh my god it's so perfect like this is what a date's supposed to be like yeah um, and then they like share a moment where they're telling each other the truth about stuff and like he says we're like you know none of these things are true like whatever whatever it's very cute i love that scene i love it yeah and i will say and we'll just wrap this right back into the strikeout category <laughs> because they do have lots of cute like cute couple things that they're doing i gotta tell you the most cringeworthy moment for me in this movie like actually kind of upset me just because i think it can be very triggering is when I can't remember what she's they're they're sitting there and she questions his motive about something. I literally just watched this an hour ago. <laughs> and he he tells her, You need to be in therapy. And just it just crawled all over me. Like yeah. I was so mad in that moment. And I'm like, isn't it when funny he was trying how, to like, talk her into going to prom with him? Yes, it was prom. Sorry. Yeah. Like amazing how my memory no. works. And you know he's telling you like you're the problem and you're it's the way that you're thinking that's the problem when he's openly deceiving her and he knows yeah. that and then it goes the extra miles like you're crazy is what he's saying that was just yeah. the 1999 version of saying it was you need to see a therapist it just i'm telling you i was just mad i was hot watching it <laughs> and so to me i just i hated it like i understand him being defensive or whatever but again you're the one lying to her why are you making her feel worse? I think anyway? he, yeah. Oh, 100% agree. I think in that moment, when I give him, like, the grace for that moment, is he's also trying to convince himself that there's no, like, he knows sure. he likes her. That You know, he's trying to, like, feel like he has to fulfill this, you know, deal that he's made. Um, but, yeah, there's a few moments like that where it's like well that's not something that's probably said anymore <laughs> um, it shouldn't be anyway no. it shouldn't be acceptable um, but again like that shaped what we thought <laughs> relationships were supposed yeah. to be you know what gave that's me anxiety funny. what deciding the like night of to go to prom this happens so often in shows and There's movies where it's zero like, percent chance that you're going to be able to do that no they sell tickets you, like weeks before and like you need a dress and you need hair and makeup yeah. and it's not as simple as oh here's a gown in my closet no we were teenagers we weren't yeah. i mean unless you, you were going to debutante balls which shocker i was not <laughs> even <laughs> despite where i Same. grew up you didn't just have gowns in your closet your friends didn't have extras for you to wear well, like no that but worked. like yeah and he, they'd make a kind of jokers like oh sorry about the last minute thing like where'd you find a tux he's like oh i just had this laying around I'm like no you didn't how did you no, actually i legitimately want to know how you found a tux because the same thing not only did both cat and bianca find dresses and like get their hair whatever do their thing um but we're to believe that night of like as the thing is already started yeah andrew keegan finds out he's been ditched 
calls Gabrielle Union and she's ready to go within like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that, I'm trying to think of another movie where this happened because it happens a lot. Where oh, it's yeah. Like, and, and a lot of times it's in the middle of the dance, like whether it's prom or the dance or whatever, it's like, you know, oh, I have this dress for you or I have this, I have this tux and you just go. That's not, that's no. not realistic, y'all. No. It's just not. Or there's like, oh, there's this, just, oh, look in the bag. That ain't fitting me. What the hell? Nuh-uh. Like, we need we... alterations. Like I'm five nothing. <laughs> I need a hem. I need a strong hem. <laughs> Okay, I don't have that problem. That's more of my problem is like I got ankle showing now. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, crazy. Is, this is a midi dress now. <laughs> what's your what's your favorite movie with either a, a prominent prom scene or a big dance scene? It's gotta be she's all that with the choreographed um uh what is the funk soul brother check it out now. Um yes. who's the Oh my god who sings that um, uh fat boy slim yes um i was like i ate that up with a spoon like yeah. i thought that there would be choreographed dances there were not i know where were <laughs> so, they learning these dances <laughs> like just i absolutely could not get it especially then you have like freddie prince jr and um paul walker and this i'm like yes oh my god that movie had again these were all i don't think i realized like how formative some of these movies were i think i know like not in a way where i'm like oh i modeled my whole life around that but like these are things that 25 years later still have a huge like spot in my memory Um, it sets up your expectations for like what prom or homecoming or whatever is going to be like mine even though technically the best part of the scene happened outside the dance, pretty in pink. Yeah. Just yeah. an all-timer. Yeah. An absolute all-timer. I love it. And Mean Girls, strong one. Carrie, yes. arguably. <laughs> <laughs> I relate a lot to Carrie. Uh... Very vivid. Dance <laughs> yeah. scenes. Um, and like, go ahead. I was going to say, I loved, loved a dance themed or set episode of television so like yes the prom episodes of dawson's creek oh amazing saved by the bell even yes like i'm telling you like i love them like it's it's perfection buffy the vampire slayer i think had a couple because like all the especially the early 90s when you know you have these obviously very small sets and you have like eight students out there that's that's the whole high school (laughs) like different couples and they were always they always had a dance they always had dances going yes. on we never had dances. always a fight in the bathroom or a cry in the bathroom yes after a fight um i've mentioned dawson's creek a couple times but there's again i said that the dad says he's those dawson's river kids sleeping in each other's beds um remember this line like it's i don't mm-hmm. it's just mind-blowing to me how much of this movie i actually remember on like a day-to-day basis yeah um but oh Pacey Witter, Joshua Jackson. <laughs> I have talked about my lifelong crush of Joshua Jackson on this podcast before, um, starting with Charlie Conway. Um, and then, like, I just remember there was, I, if I'm remembering it correctly, which could be wrong based on like there are a billion episodes of Dawson's Creek and they went off of streaming for a while and it's been a while since I, but I think there's a like prom esque related one where like Joey and Pacey are like starting or like, he 
likes her but she's refusing to get involved because of stupid dawson dawson's the worst um but these things all i could have done with more dance this movie if we're being honest yeah that's true there's a lot of drama no we need more choreographed dancing <laughs> more choreographed dancing yes personally. there I, I did find like why on earth would heath heath ledger um uh, i almost said heath miller <laughs> that's how my brain works it's um cool. why would Heath Ledger know his favorite her favorite like band to the point where he could like call in favors to have them show up to stuff I know <laughs> I mean I guess the assumption is it's always like what's happening when you know during the montage we're just assuming they're having these cute conversations like because I gotta be honest with you I've been dating my boyfriend for six months now I don't think he could tell you who my favorite band is not because he doesn't know what music I listen to, but there's not like a definitive one. I don't know he... what my own favorite band. I know is. that's the thing. I just, <laughs> I don't know who he would, pro- he would probably go and this would be awesome by the way, but he'd probably go with like Jason as well, just to be safe. Yeah. Like she talks Great about choice. him a lot. <laughs> yeah. She listens to that. <laughs> but yeah, that's a really like, it's a very sweet thing, but it's kind of like, how did you even. Yeah. How did you know and then the, the, she happens to like part the sea of students and find yes. her immediately like walk right to her and then just sings yeah. at her for a second and then turns around incredible and it's um wonderful it's, yeah i will say back on one scene we missed i did like the party scene even though that also comes in yes. with like the like strikes for me because again i never uh i never actually i never i didn't drink in high school like that was something that i, didn't I just it wasn't really like I'm sure people did it. I know people did in Virginia. Um, I don't know. Anyway, a lot of drinkers up here. Yeah, a lot of there was a there was a, I think a lot of stuff being done taken, <laughs> and I was oblivious to all of the things. I was like, I remember like my second year of college. I came home one time and I was like, I saw all those ads or like infomercials back in the day, and they talked to the school. They were like, someone's going to offer me weed and i was like yeah it was the dare program and i was we like knew what not a say. single person has offered me a single drug yeah um, because they don't want to give away their drugs they don't tell you that <laughs> when you're saying who's gonna just give away it's like the shit. halloween argument where it's like hey parents people are putting <laughs> drugs in your kids candy they want to keep it um Too valuable. But i do i also really really love a a, a wild high school party scene like uh I do too. has a couple good ones obviously um i don't know i mean i know there were definitely parties when i was in high school i never went to them i was I my dad told me the day i graduated there was a big party and he said i could go and i was so scared because i knew there would be drinking there and i didn't i was not gonna drink and so i was like what if blah blah, blah. i just was really scared and there was a bad storm as i was driving so i just turned around and went home i mean that's <laughs> like I, I was not partying and i'm like did they really have these where were the parents where were the parents going where it's I like know. everyone had a solo cup how did people know how to stock these parties i mean these are teenagers they don't know what no they're idea doing. i think it would all be older siblings wouldn't it i guess or just like, the parents themselves like amy poehler and mean girls like if you're gonna <laughs> yeah. drink just do it in the house just do it in the house um because i'm the same I, maybe i just wasn't cool enough to get the cool invites but i don't remember ever um uh easy a also has a great party scene great party scene great, american I, pie great party yeah. scene 
Um, I'm, just, I'm still thinking about the length. That must be Nigel with the Brie. Um, but <laughs> absolutely love the also the scene where he throws the invitations to the future MBAs party yes. down this the giant stairwell. Which again, what kind of school? What kind of castle? What you going to Hogwarts? What are we doing here? That's um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but leading up to it it's just such a great that's a visual that has always stuck with me too so God, this movie's yeah. great i love this movie it's just everybody just had these robust social lives and i just if that was happening at my high school i definitely was not part of it but again like i had band practice yeah <laughs> like there was like stuff to do so i have no idea okay yeah. i had national honor society folks yeah cool. and french honor society <laughs> yes i also was in God french almighty. honor society I had varsity soccer practice. On the same yeah. field as the marching band. <laughs> we all had to squeeze in. Make it work. Yeah, squeeze in. <laughs> just stay right here. Don't move. Just stay in this block formation. Oh, Best supporting character in this. I, it's got to be Bernard the Elf. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was going to say that. David Crumholtz. Is that, that's his real name. That's um, wild who, to me that that's his real name. Who actually he he was fantastic in Oppenheimer, by the way. Speaking of Christopher Nolan, yes, he, he was. was wonderful. Um, and that's why I say I can't believe like I don't even sort of know his name because yeah, I, we've grown I've, up with him. And this is I I wrote this for for the win when Oppenheimer came out, so I guess that would be July, uh, late July. It's he's a that guy. Like Oppenheimer was the art of the that guy because you yeah. had to have with so many dudes, generally white dudes, talking in that movie, you had yeah. to be able to distinguish who each character was. So even if you didn't remember names, you remembered yeah. who their faces. And so when you have what is it, David Saltlamachia? Um is that's his real name, right? Is that or is that a that might be a I baseball do. player, Jared Saltz? Oh no, clearly I've ruined it. I'm terrible with. See, names. this is what I mean. Like these are real people, but I know their faces, and so it's yeah. Josh Hartnett, it's um, Alden Ehrenreich, aka Han Solo. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got obviously Robert Downey Jr. Like there's these guys that you recognize from things that you don't necessarily know immediately who like hey that's that guy it was yeah. a whole movie full of that guys and that's why he like he's he was so good in it and he was so good in this he was the perfect like narrator stand-in question mark is that the right I guess. type like you kind of walk sure. i feel like he walked us through the story to start especially like he was well, yeah. your shepherd he's that yeah. person yeah um a very effective device to kind of give you the lay of the land just as the guy showing the new kid around school. Yeah. Like that's another thing. It's just it's brilliant how that transcends. Um yeah. Alice and Janney also in the running. Incredible. She's like just a few few hard. moments and she just captivates, but yeah. She was always gonna do that. I mean she's just and it's she's so weird perky. in it. Yeah. Like when she says, okay, cat, and then she picks up her coffee cup, cat. cat. <laughs> You know what that scene actually reminds me a lot of, or I guess the the later one reminds me of this one. Did you see Spy? Which I know. I uh, with Jason Statham and Melissa McCarthy. Oh, no. Okay, mm-hmm. first of all, highly recommend. Um, it is probably my favorite. Like, what? It's probably a top five favorite comedy for me. Um, but she plays like the CIA director, and she does a very similar like behind a desk 
funny comments type of thing. It's it's art. I had a lot of flashbacks. I think I have seen it now that you bring it. I don't know. I when did it come out? Uh I wanna say like twenty fifteen. Oh yeah. Um, what year did I just tell you? Twenty fifteen? Yes. Because that is correct. Let's All right. go. I'm kind of good at that too. Even movies I haven't seen, I can pretty much nail mm. when they came out. Yeah. Which is shocking. Um, Um, Highly recommend. That's part of my underrated. It's up there with like Game Night. And now that I've seen um, The Nice Guys, I watched that for the first time like three days ago, a week ago. What is that? That's the uh, Ryan Gosling. gladiator russell crowe <laughs> nice guys other guys other guys the nice guys i don't know is this the um, gangster movie no that's uh, it's a comedy <laughs> it's based in like it's like a 70s themed highly recommend it was very funny um ryan gosling was a delight unsurprisingly um but yeah it's those are my like oh underrated comedy hall of fame role models being number one because obviously obviously um okay on that note let's take another ad break look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey (sighs) well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're back! (laughs) There's this great, by the way, I say great, it's probably not funny now, but I remember laughing at it years ago. It's this um, SNL sketch where Ben Affleck, well, Jimmy Fallon, this is back when we all still liked him, plays a just really <laughs> cheesy, typical morning radio DJ mm-hmm. who like does all the sound effects and stuff. And it's it's a really dumb sketch, but it, it was, they did a few of them. And there's one where Ben Affleck was hosting and he plays like this rival radio DJ. And they start like using the same sound effects and just using each other's shit. And Jimmy gets really mad. And they just keep going back and forth with like different ways of saying, and we're back. <laughs> and we're so back. whenever I do that, that's what I, that's what I'm channeling. <laughs> and we're back. I hope you enjoyed that ad, whatever it was. Kyle, we did your ad breaks, buddy. <laughs> we are naturals at this. You don't need to come back. Go buy uh, all of the things that were just mentioned and then ad break. <laughs> so I guess who's the villain in this? I guess, it, is it Andrew Keegan? Is it men in general? <laughs> um treating women like things you can manipulate to i think you want overall or like the big i think andrew keegan is the big one because he's he's the one that is doing all like one he's willing to pay to deceive to like go on a date with someone uh but not sorry he doesn't want to date her let's be honest that's not at all what they frequently reference her or at least once which is enough as hey buddy look there's the virgin like relax yeah and we know his backstory with cat too yeah so So. they've set him up to be the bad guy because we have to be fair the paying the guy i don't because everyone's trying to manipulate a woman in this movie so i don't consider the villain for that but i do just his general motivations 
and the whole backstory of Cat and just him in general, his existence, him breathing, him existing. Yeah. Not he's a fan. just. I will. T- did did you? He just he didn't do it for me. Does he didn't just as Never. a teen? No, that's why I asked. Like, is he objectively hot, or was he that '90s hot of just like guy with the longish hair who for some reason dressed like he was on Miami Vice as like a 16 year old and clearly had daddy's money you know and drove the nice car like was it just a 90s thing I'm not saying he's a bad looking guy this isn't me saying Andrew Keegan is ugly so since you're definitely listening Andrew (laughs) he's gonna be so he's angrily turned it off at this point yeah he's mad I'm sorry Hillary Duff please tell him (laughs) we didn't mean anything by it please reach out I guess my thing is I just remember there being a lot of fervor and just he was like he was a regular in Tiger Beat and Teen Beat and Tiger Teen and all the all the magazines we read. And he just never did it for me. It's kind of like no. Zachary Ty Bryan. Like he was just one of those Same. that just never did it for me. Yeah. And I think that was partly Zachary Ty Bryan is another really, really good one. Both of them. So Andrew Keegan had a couple movies, obviously like this one. He was also in O, which also a Julia Styles, and was also, and also a, a Shakespeare, a Shakespeare adaptation. adaptation. Yeah. Um, and but he was on um, Seventh Heaven for like thirty episodes yes. or something. He, and that's is he Mary's boyfriend. Yes. Yes. And I think I think I need that wonderful, hilarious guy on TikTok to like do an Andrew Keegan one you know i'm talking about you've seen that guy i've sent you one of those where he like watches old episodes of things and he's like i just watched this like absolutely crazy episode of seventh heaven and he like talks about the wild plot lines amazing he did one for the um the claymation rudolph and i was like crying laughing um i wish i like this is a great story for listeners as well because i don't remember his name but he's on tiktok and sure i'm sure you could find him just on the things we've said um but that was like his real he wasn't a huge movie guy because i was just looking at andrew keegan wasn't in a ton of movies that was like you know it was this extremely specific amount of time in the late 90s early 2000s that he had just to complete jonathan taylor thomas type chokehold on the teen magazines that were like that had the center fold and center fold sounds so dirty. I don't mean it like that, but like but the like ones the that would poster. turn into posters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why we bought them. So we can yeah. have the posters. Yeah. And to, like, or like, learn fun facts. Cut the pages out so that you could put them like in your notebook, like the binders yeah. that had like the clear front that you could slide through. Um, But yeah, it's uh, it was not my, again, I, I agree with wanna... you. Sorry. Andrew, you're a lovely man. <laughs> totally just very like objectively good looking yes it's just i wasn't pining burning he also played this part extremely well and so yeah um so i guess if we're defending the villain which is kind of why we're talking about this um the dad's rules are absurd so you got to do what you got to (laughs) do yes his motivation sucked but as far as just like trying to you know like, if you knew that, let's say his motive, and here's my thing. Let's say, like, he genuinely wanted to date Bianca for the right reasons. So, like, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. His exa- I mean, that's the thing. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Andrew Keegan are doing the same thing in this movie. Yes. It's just one has good motivations, the other doesn't. But they're doing the same bad thing. Yeah. One just wants to go sailing. I know. One sailing. just wants to, like, hold her hand and, like, <laughs> talk about their future. And so... 
it it does open that to like you know the means to an end debate because again you're manipulating women to get what you want and you know and i i I support women bianca kind of (laughs) sucked oh sure she's like she got better over the course of the movie but she she was a sophomore in high school that's really we all sucked as sophomores in high school what i like about her though is like when joseph gordon levitt what does he say are you always this selfish and she's like yes yes i am like she doesn't even she at least she's not delusional about it she knows and she's trying to have a normal childhood despite the fact that they have to live with the fact their mother chose to just up and leave so for some reason until this watch in my head the mother had died i thought so too and i was having a very like 27 dresses moment where it's like now you're just the bitch that like cut up my mom's wedding dress yes um because that's how i remembered the pearls is that the mom died and she like was wearing them around and like but like it's still very brutal for i would like i would assume that having a parent just choose to leave is is devastating and extraordinarily difficult um but I would probably wear her stuff, yeah. If she up and left after a certain amount of time, I'd be like, man, screw you. Yeah, I'm going to wear this jewelry. Like, But I also understand from Kat's perspective, she was the older, like, she needed that guidance yeah. and that role model. And she's trying to do all these things. Everything she's done is to protect her little sister and little sister, which I am a little sister, so I get it. Um, little sister's just like, you're a bitch. You're making it hard for me to, like, go hang out with this underwear model um so i just i looked it up because i wanted to make sure we weren't wrong about this and i think it's left to be ambiguous so it seems like if at least a few sites that i found in this 10 second google search um (laughs) uh what causes the confusion in the pearl scene when she says it's not like she's coming back to claim them which makes it sound like she died but it's later when Kat is telling her about having sex with Andrew Keegan, she said, yeah, I did just once after mom left. And the that's the part. So like, I think they sort of left it in the air, but the assumption is that the mom left. Yeah. This time know? watching and, it through, I thought they made it clear that it le- was left and not yeah. died. For some reason yeah. in my head, I was like, she died. And that was why like, you know. Well, yeah, that's the natural assumption, but that is a little bizarre, but yeah, Bianca, she's the younger sister. She ultimately looks up to Kat, even though she'd never admit it. But she also wants to be her own person. And like, I have a younger sister. I get it. Yeah. And I am the younger sister. I get it. Uh, But I also just kind of wanted to follow Megan around like forever. So yeah, that was much more my vibe. Relatable. I mean, my sister would never admit that, but she totally feels the same way. (laughs) All I ever wanted to do was like, whatever whatever Megan was doing, whoever she was hanging out with is who I wanted to hang out with. And she was like get away from me oh <laughs> but now we're best friends so it's cool now you're besties that's a great thing about <laughs> sisters once you get older and you get enough like years on you then you're done yeah. fighting most yeah. of the time but yeah um best time worst time wait wait nope i cannot pass this because it's a disservice to you the peter gallagher award Ooh. for hottest person in this movie caroline take this it away is so easy <laughs> True. this is heath ledger through and through 100 percent. yeah i mean we get an honorable, adorable mention for JGL. I just think he's he he's such a cutie, and I think it's fun that he had one of. The, I'm th- I'm like thinking through it as I'm saying, it. of the cast, he ended up having one of the like better careers. Question mark. 
Obviously, Allison Janney's been in a ton of stuff. And Julia Stiles went on to, especially, I don't think, is she still doing stuff? She was just on SNL a few weeks ago dancing. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Save the last dance. God, (laughs) we we need to just do Save the Last Dance one time just so, like, for the, like, cultural cornerstone that that movie is. The number of, like, parody things I've seen of her, like, Juilliard dance is outstanding. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, it's almost like center stage where there's, like, I do this, like, cool hip-hop ballet because I'm neat and like no one no one is like me and it's just like awful dancing um it's like that infomercial that everyone oh my god the lady that it. yes she's like so i like to That's point in but like, this is hip-hop <laughs> <laughs> what did she say like i i i do points but i do them like this or something. <laughs> she's like and kick and kick kick and kick <laughs> that's yes. hip-hop Oh man, <laughs> that video is so. Every single time I see him, like, there's no way that this is real. Um, I know. God, yeah, Heath Ledger. Look, he's just so that smile, man. I swear. Um, smile gets me every time. Yeah, he's again. I'm telling you, Knight's Tale. Uh, and I think um, Julia Stiles is absolutely adorable in this movie. Yeah. I mean, a lot of hot people in this movie, to be fair. There like are, Gabrielle yes. Union, you have Alex Mack, like a lot of very shiny, happy people from 99 that were yes. watching this movie. I just um, looked I just looked up Save the Last Dance because I wanted to do my, um, I'm obligated by law to remind everyone that um, Sean Patrick Thomas went to UVA. Um, but I forgot oh. Carrie Washington was in that. <laughs> that was just the, the sisters, Carrie Washington. I've never seen it, so maybe what? I know, I know. Oh, it's I know. terrible. It's I'm terrible. Sure it is. It's so good. The Keith Morrison dateline episode in this movie has to be like, where's the mom? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get it together, Caroline. Okay. What well, they said that she'd been gone for like three years. I don't know. Something like that. I guess, yeah. She said right after mom left, so it had to be about three years. <laughs> You got this. <laughs> I gotta like get my the right headspace. <laughs> I'm laughing the right now. In 1996, they looked like the American dream. <laughs> Father, mother, two beautiful daughters. But one day, the mom went missing. Did she just leave? Did she have it with the perfect life? Was it not as perfect on the inside as it seemed on the outside? Questions would be coming for days on end, but no answers to be found. Was it the dad? (laughs) Was there foul play? Or did she just move on tonight on Dateline? was the we did the live watch a couple weeks ago for or a month i don't know when that was um i don't even remember oh it was uh uh winter soldier and the like oh, something fun. happened with the audio at the end and so people got to see like real time that i just come up with them <laughs> there are no Wait, notes they thought you rehearsed them yeah there i was i don't know kyle was like oh, i don't know if people God. think but there are no notes like caroline just goes in the zone and like does these <laughs> It's Keith Morrison. Um, Beds being oh. It's pretty incredible. Of course. Um, the which father character... was looked at first. 
<laughs> you have to, I need you to say, and why didn't she take her pearls? <laughs> and then there's the fact that she left behind several personal items. Who doesn't take their pearls? Is that a clue? <laughs> but she would never come Which back character? to claim them. <laughs> <laughs> Just like her daughters. Just like her family. Um, which character would be Airbud? <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, the best friend. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> Bernard. Bernard the elf would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> it would be funny if it was Alice and Janney. He's just writing like smut. Like they go in to see, they go in to see Airbud when they get in trouble, and he's like, "Excuse me, just a second, like dog (laughs) typing." (laughs) Oh my god, what's the what's the big chill moment in this flick? Um, is it the singing? I like the singing. I think it's supposed to be the poem. We didn't talk about the poem. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, forget about Big Chill for a second. <laughs> we gotta get to the poem. And I, I you know, I'm gonna read it out loud. <laughs> because we can't just, yeah. So the end of the movie comes and we've been following, you know, Julia Stiles in this English class that she's always mad about. And she's clearly um, like, she's supposed to be, and I think she is, she's smart. Like, she's a smart character. And they they do the my favorite late nineties trope of person you know strong independent female wants to go to Sarah Lawrence or like some small very small they never are like oh I want to go to like they you know Duke <laughs> like I don't know it's never even like Harvard really it's just like this very specific it's an East like, Coast liberal yeah, arts college yes it's always something that they're and the, the thing being oh it's so far away. But she gets into Sarah Lawrence, so so she's smart. She's getting in from California to Sarah Lawrence. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. So we're, we're assuming we've she's reached, the grace for this. We've reached the end of the movie where she knows she has been deceived by Heath Ledger. Yes. And they still have to go to class because you're a teenager and you got to go to school. You don't get to avoid the guy who was being paid to date you. So we know she has all these aspirations. We know like she claims to have this. And she is very smart. Look. I, I know a lot of smart people. I think I'm pretty bright. I'm not a poet. I couldn't do any better oh, than this. Actually, very same. I hate I'm, I just, I'm not a poetry person. You would think, especially for a movie that is a Shakespeare adaptation, that we could have maybe just come up with something a little better. But here's the poem that, that Kat reads um, to Heath Ledger, to um, Patrick at the end of the movie in class. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. God almighty. Okay. (laughs) I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse when you make me cry. And then her voice breaks here and she she starts to cry. Uh I hate it that you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. I don't like those green eggs and ham, Sam. It's just, there's, it's just, it's, it's a burden to try to swim (laughs) through these words. Like, here's what I hate. And the fact that you didn't call. Let me just, if any aspiring writers out there, can I just tell you? Take that, that out. Pick one. You can pick 
And the fact you didn't call because you're outlining like what you're saying, the fact you didn't call makes me sad. Or you could say, and that you didn't call because that is doing the work of the fact. You do not put them together. You don't say, and the fact that you didn't call. All right. You're welcome. You've been been edited. (laughs) You've been edited, everyone. It's just, it's silly. And it's like, again, it's a high school poem. And if she's, but here's, if she's asking if he wants an iambic pentameter, I expect more. That's the thing. I know. Like, yeah. I'm not a poetry person. I, and I just, it's not even reading it, definitely not writing it. Nothing will, what is it again? Not to like, I think it's the third time I've talked about Pride, um, Jane Austen, but in Pride and Prejudice, where they're having this whole conversation, she's like, no, I mean, poetry can be great for a fine stout love, but like, if it's not, it, it could kill it real fast. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, bad poetry i'm just i'm the person that if someone that i was dating wrote me a poem and i had to pretend that it that it was special i'm a horrible person i would just pray to god that never happens to me because i won't be able to hide my true feelings i there it's always it always happens on the bachelor and bachelor like i wrote you something i would be like i wish Mm -hmm. you hadn't I, I just I wish you hadn't like why don't you leave it for me and I'll read it later and I'll edit it <laughs> like, I will come back with some notes <laughs> I just it's gotta be tough dating a writer slash editor <laughs> it really does because yeah. you know if you even if you felt compelled to just write a nice text you're like oh I better get all my you know and yeah, like we works. don't actually care about that stuff although I did just say was it yesterday that i think the reason dating apps never worked for me is because i would get the writing ick really quickly oh either through text or on the profile if they can't like if the writing's bad i'm like okay that was your first impression and we're done i can't believe that i'm still single with the ick that i get on your your and your like i mean but those it's just called standards and you don't lower them yeah i just i just can't it it's uh, I know it's just and I've made the, I've done the typos I've made the mistakes I've been like talking too fast to someone in text oh, or whatever. of course but this isn't a pro anyway I can't this isn't a profile that you picked you spent time on get you it spent right time on it it's like a resume <laughs> you have like this is your this is your one sheet it's your one shot to make an impression looking for have someone friend, to go through that crazy little this thing crazy little life. thing called life <laughs> <laughs> okay just looking for my partner anyway. in crime <laughs> please okay just as an aside if you are using dating apps which i think is totally great and they just never worked for me but i think they can be really awesome and i have lots of friends who've met their you know future partners there avoid saying things like just looking for someone to do life with and the one we just used from a friend a friend shared with us the other day he saw like a hinge profile that said like this i'm just trying to get through this crazy little thing called life look if that's who you are if that's how you talk in real life go for it i'm a big proponent like be who you are but if you're just saying that because you think that's the vibe on the dating apps like just want someone to live laugh love with (laughs) like (laughs) and look the prompts the prompts are brutal like you look at it and some of them you're just like oh i don't know um that's yeah anyway i could we could do like a whole three hours on just dating apps because it's it's bleak out there folks we'll do it for comments um so before more or restore would you rather see a prequel sequel or remake of this one i think a remake i think i'm ready 
Who would star in it? Oh, good question. Well, Glenn's still too old, so don't start. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, well. Could Glenn do it? No. <laughs> uh, Allison Janney could reprise her role. Perfect. Yes. Um, let's see. Tom Holland could do Joseph Gordon Levitt. He's still a baby looking man. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded weird. Looking I think you could man. do. Well, that doesn't really make any sense. I was like, you could make them a little bit older, but like if someone's dad is being like, no, you can't take them out. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like in college at that point. Um, Who are the youth? I'm sure there's like. You know, who'd be great as a Julia Stiles. Is it Sadie Sink? Is that her name from Stranger Things? The redhead? Yes. Mm-hmm. She would be delightful in that. Um, yeah, that's hard problem. to cast. I don't know youths anymore. I know, same. That's what I'm like. Who are? Because even really, we're talking about like twenty somethings. Because that's usually who plays the sixteen year olds. Um, sure. Even then, it's. I know. We're washed. We're old. We're old. We can't even answer a question on the podcast. I don't know if I. I say remake, but like then I think about someone redoing it and then i get mad and it's an adaptation too so we could always expand this out to like i i think what's a different type of yeah maybe one that's less about she's a shrew we should tame her (laughs) (laughs) like or what if you flipped it and made the shrew the man love that and like yeah i love that idea let's flip it make the women the deceptive (laughs) great now we've ruined it already well <laughs> hey we need to take our shots where we can't get yeah. them this went really well i think we did i think i think kyle will, will love this i know <laughs> that wraps it was there anything else that we didn't cover i hate that we almost missed the poem that would have been tragic yeah, I don't, would have been, this is better because people had to stick around for it i know no i just i love this movie i'm glad we decided to do this one um it's a fun flick it it's is a fun, a fun flick. flick. And um, thanks to everyone who <laughs> put up with us because we did not have a lot of prep time for this. And yeah, we were literally pulling up the run sheet like two minutes before we got on here. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah. Um, it's but been a busy time of the year, you know? It has. With all sorts but of Caroline, stuff. But Caroline, tell the folks that you've been doing. Yeah. So actually, by the time you hear this, I actually also, I don't know why I say actually so many times there. Uh, this is a fun one to have release. I think it'll come out the day of the national championship game, which is fun because Ooh. one of the dad wants her to be a Husky, which is you who's playing in the title game. Uh, so we'll have a bunch of post NCAA championship content, a uh, lot of football content coming up. A um, lot of golden globes content. If you are wondering what happened to the golden globes, uh, but also for the water cooler is returning uh, yes. When you listen to this, it'll be this week. So we are recording an episode um, to kick off season two. And you can pop on over to Instagram for the water cooler, new Instagram account. And you can go find, we have an email address and a voicemail. So you can, wow, be, it's, it's the future. But you have an aim. Yeah. And you can leave us a voicemail on like things you want us to review, or if you watch something we recommended, or you want to tell us that we're great and awesome. Um, any of those things, you can uh, check all that out and find it on Instagram. So yeah, we're excited about season two coming up. We've already got two 
really great guests to start off um, the first couple weeks. So we're very excited. We love it. We love cross promoting using Kyle's <laughs> podcast to promote our own shit. Um, I'm up to nothing. So sorry to disappoint, but awesome. Well, I think Kyle might be doing the outro, but in case he's not, that's all for big screen sports. I am your co-host Alex McDaniel with the lovely Caroline Darney. We will see you when we see you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.